Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. All-consuming terror can bring us to our most vulnerable. Like a hunger, it can strike suddenly or slowly creep into our minds. It makes monsters and also monsters of us. That's how it feeds. Ravenously. First, a haunted doll is a terrifying inheritance, followed by a stomach-churning letter. Then, the thing in the fields feeds indiscriminately. Finally, in our featured story, some horrors are insatiable. Before we begin, I wanted to make a correction from the podcast we ran two weeks ago. The story Yuki Ona was not credited correctly. The original fan-submitted inspiration was Santiago Georgi. We wanted to apologize for this error and make sure we gave credit to Santiago, one of our snarled fans, for sharing such an amazing story with us. Thank you so much. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. So, want to hear something scary? Ravenous Ravings The things we inherit can often leave traces of their former owners. Some gifts are nothing more than a curse. Like in this story, inspired by Chris B. Ronald and his wife, Marie, were a middle-aged couple living in a lavish home in one of the nicest areas of town. If they weren't running any of the highbrow events going on, they were definitely on the guest list. And of course, with such reputations came scrutiny from others. Ronald had recently lost his adult daughter, Hilda, in a car accident. His relationship with his daughter was strained after his divorce from her mother at an early age and his own negligence in raising her. However, she found success in her career as a lawyer, and when he was invited to both her funeral and the reading of the will, he considered himself forgiven. At the reading, the lawyer presented Hilda's last wishes. Her husband was to inherit all of the remaining money, and to her father went Goldie. Confused, he asked who or what Goldie was. 
The lawyer pointed to a chair in the corner of the room where a porcelain doll with golden curls and a red and white dress was seated. Everyone in the room shuddered upon looking at it. The lawyer cleared their throat to regain everyone's attention. Be nice to her, Dad, the lawyer read from the will. She's very special. Ronald took the doll home. His wife, eager to see what he'd received, greeted him at the door with a kiss, but then recoiled when she saw the doll. What the hell is that thing? Marie asked. This is what Hilda left me, Ronald responded. Her name is apparently Goldie, and for some reason, all Hilda said was to be nice to her. We are not keeping that thing in this house. It's ugly and creepy. Get rid of it, she exclaimed. Ronald didn't want the doll either and obliged by putting the doll in the trash can outside. The next day, Ronald carried on as usual, but when he returned, he was greeted by a furious Marie. Why didn't you get rid of that thing? Marie barked, pointing to their living room couch. Ronald looked and there was Goldie sitting on the couch with hands clasped. Ronald swore he took it to the trash Marie huffed and grabbed it. She was almost out the door when Ronald spoke up. Wait, Ronald said as he picked the doll up. I remember someone I knew in college had an aunt or something that collected these dolls. He told me she paid a fortune for each one. Maybe we can sell it off to someone like that. That way we can actually benefit from it. Marie thought it over and eventually agreed with her husband. However, she ordered him to put it away in a closet. She made sure to follow and watch him as he did. After shutting the door, she made sure to personally lock it. The next day was one they'd both been looking forward to. They had been planning a weekend party with all of their friends. It was quite a splendid night of cards. And later that night, as they filed out of the parlor, Marie's friend Rhonda grabbed her arm. She looked a bit creeped out. Marie, any idea who put that thing here? Rhonda asked, pointing to the couch. Goldie sat right there. Marie was shocked. She knew that she had locked the doll away. She knew there was no way it could be there. Rhonda went on. People have been saying they swear they saw it looking at them throughout the evening. It is in no way, shape, or form funny. I'm leaving right now. Rhonda stomped out to her car and sped away. Most everybody ignored her as she was known to act that way. Ronald rushed over and whisked the doll away to the closet. When he got to the door, he nearly dropped Goldie. The door was wide open. Suddenly, a loud crash was heard from outside. Everyone rushed out to see what had happened. Ronald stuffed Goldie back onto the shelf and shut the door, then headed out as well. When he got outside... Everyone was looking in horror just up the block while others were calling 911. Rhonda's car had crashed into a stone wall. Rhonda died upon impact. The paramedics chalked it up to her not wearing a seatbelt. Once they'd seen the last guest out, Ronald and Marie went straight for the closet to check it. Goldie sat there on her shelf, staring at them. Ronald thought that was just how he placed her and shut the door, locking it. To be sure, he moved a decorative table in front of it. They turned in for bed afterwards, though Ronald didn't sleep easy. 
he swore that he heard a voice repeatedly whispering, Let me out. He refused to let himself give in to the notion of it being Goldie and eventually drifted off to sleep. The next morning, Ronald was awoken by Marie screaming from down the hall. He jumped out of bed and rushed to find her. She was standing in the living room, looking at the table. Goldie stood right there on top. Ronald turned to look at the closet door. It was wide open. The table he'd placed in front was knocked over. Marie grabbed Goldie from the table. She threw her inside the closet and shut the door, but as she walked away, it slowly creaked back open. Ronald rushed over and shut the door himself, but it still didn't stay closed. They both pushed it shut, but as they stepped back, it slowly opened. Marie pointed at the side of the door. The bolt had been ripped out. After that, things continued to change. Their friends avoided them and didn't return their calls. Then, things started breaking. Not just trivial things like decorative items or easy-to-replace minor appliances, but major necessities. The refrigerator, the air conditioner, the cars, the plumbing. All these things broke down back to back, and they had to pay out of pocket for repairs or replacements. All the while, Goldie remained in their living room. They both knew that they hadn't moved her back there, but their growing stresses kept them preoccupied from wondering how she'd gotten there. Ronald's thoughts turned to Goldie and how everything had started going sour not too long after she showed up. He could no longer deny that this was the doll's doing. He stormed into his house, ready to destroy the doll. The first thing he saw was Marie. She was sitting on the couch, crying from a stressful day at work. He told her that he was ready to destroy the doll. She jumped up and ran to the kitchen for some kind of weapon for the job, with Ronald in tow to get one himself. He found a heavy wrench while she settled on a hammer. The two ran to the doll with their weapons raised, ready to smash it to bits. Don't even try it, a female voice echoed through the room. Both dropped their weapons from fright. They both stared at the doll. Ronald recognized the voice right away, which only terrified him more. Hilda? He stammered. Is that you? Did you really think I was going to reward you for neglecting me and my mother? Did you really think I was going to just be okay with you leaving us for her. The doll raised its arm, pointing a finger at Marie. She quickly moved backwards, bracing herself against the wall. Ronald fell to his knees. Honey, he pleaded to the doll. I'm sorry. I'm so... Begging won't help you now, Dad, she said. And don't even think about destroying Goldie again. While I won't kill you, I'll make you wish I had. What do we have to do? Marie cried from the corner. I already told you, Hilda said. You have to be nice to Goldie. You have to take care of her the way you didn't take care of me. And allow me to show you how things will go if you don't. Suddenly, the whole house started shaking violently. Everything began to fall over. Ronald grabbed Marie and darted out of the house. 
Once they were a few feet away, the entire building collapsed. The house lay in total ruin. Ronald and Marie looked at each other, relieved that they had made it out and that the terrible doll was trapped under all that rubble. They turned to leave, but were shocked to find the Goldie doll sitting unharmed on the curb behind them. Remember, Hilda's voice whispered, be nice to Goldie from now on, or else. Thank you so much, Crispy, for this wonderful story. A story of revenge in possessed dolls. So listeners, have any of you inherited a haunted object? Or is there something belonging to a member of your family that you would never want to receive? Let us know. Email us at somethingscary@snarl.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Don't ignore stomach pains for too long. Our disease might eat you up inside, like in this story inspired by Molly. Elizabeth lived a normal life and was okay with it. She worked in a small hospital and lived in a small apartment nearby. The small town she lived in didn't have much to offer, but to her, it was perfect. The town prided itself on being self-sustained by local businesses. There were no chains or big box stores anywhere around. Everything you wanted was locally sourced from surrounding farms and ranches, and even the water was bottled locally by the Pure Lake Water Company. Of course, she had always wanted to move away from her hometown when she was young, but as Elizabeth got older, she grew to love her community and soon forgot her big plans and decided she wanted to become a nurse at her local hospital. She had been working in the ER for almost a year and had seen lots of strange things. Even though the town population was small, it seemed like there was always someone who would find a new way to end up in the ER. It all started on a normal Wednesday. 
Elizabeth woke up early like every day and went to work. The first few hours were as normal as any other day. It was almost two o'clock in the afternoon when a woman came running into the hospital. She looked crazed and was clutching her stomach. As some people went to help her, she vomited. And from where Elizabeth was standing, all she saw was red mess on the ground. By the time the nurses were there to help the woman, she was dead. No one knew what caused the woman to die, so they assumed it was a single incident, but they soon were proven wrong. The next week, the same thing happened three more times. Elizabeth was getting worried and there was no telling who was next. No one was spared. By the time there had been a proper autopsy, it made the case even more puzzling. The insides of the people were mush. The doctors started warning people to stay inside because they didn't know what was happening and what or who was causing it. And by the next day, more people had died so a lockdown was enforced. Elizabeth was told as a nurse to stay home and only leave the house for work. After weeks of lockdown, people were still dying. One morning, after a long shift, Elizabeth woke up at midnight. It was dead silent and she was thirsty. She went to her kitchen and grabbed bottled water to quench her thirst. She gulped the cool liquid down. It had an odd taste, but she ignored that since she was so tired. The next morning, she woke with a terrible stomach ache, so she took some medicine and went to work. After a long shift, she was walking home, and her stomach ache had gotten worse. Finally, after hours of excruciating pain, it stopped with no warning. Elizabeth was relieved, but then a wave of nausea hit her like a truck, and she vomited all over the floor. She went to clean it up, but she noticed it was red. She panicked and remembered the woman from the hospital months ago. Before Elizabeth could make it out of her apartment, she collapsed and never got back up. As she took her final breaths, she remembered the water and the weird taste, but before she could let anybody else know, everything went black. Elizabeth's body was found after she didn't show up for her shift. They performed an autopsy and found her stomach and other organs in a mess and declared her death as unknown like all the rest. For the next three months, the town's population continued to decrease until no one was left. All of them had one similar link in each of their homes. They had the same local bottled water from Pure Lake Water Company. Years later, some scientists had come to investigate the town's mysterious deaths and ran many tests, and finally discovered that there was a bacteria that had been introduced into the lake water used by the water company. Some unknown strand that had somehow leaked into the water due to environmental tampering by other companies around. That bacteria had eaten the people's stomach and organs and the only clue about it was a terrible stomach ache. The whole town and surrounding areas were permanently shut down, washed away, by something in the water. Thank you so much, Molly M., for inspiring this terrifying tale. I'm definitely gonna think twice about the next water bottle that I open up and drink from. So listeners, do you look up your mild symptoms and freak out when some of the worst possible outcomes pop up? 
What's the scariest disease that you thought you might have caught and why? Tell us your WebMD horror stories that didn't come to pass, but might inspire another tummy-turning tale for the rest of us. Horror is often a matter of perception, and monsters can come in all shapes and sizes, depending on your point of view, like in this story inspired by Fiona. The sky turns dark as my ken feeds in the fields. Gnawing on the vegetation, we fill our hungry stomachs. Hopefully, tonight will be peaceful, unlike the many nights prior. There are creatures in our home. They kill us. They kill our neighbors. They destroy our homes and lives. Some of us want to rebel, fight, or maybe just flee and hide. But those things find us anyway. Many of us do not live past the early moons of adulthood. Tonight is no different. As we nourish our bodies, the glow of the creature's magic can be seen in the shadows approaching us. We stare towards it, not daring to breathe, to twitch, all of us frozen in terror. The light illuminates its terrifying, grisly features. It walks on two legs instead of four and lacks the proper fur, so it wears many skins of all colors and consistencies. Some say that they wear our skin as their own. Its feet are huge, long, and bony, connected to legs taller than the rest of its body, its neck tall and thick sitting on wide shoulders, its eyes small and emotionless are almost completely white. Its mouth is large and brightly colored and curls into a wide smirk as it spies us. A long, stretched claw points towards us, summoning another creature who is behind it. The second creature has the killing arm. It holds the weapon separately from its body and points it at their victim among us. It points at me. The killing arm strikes me from afar and I am knocked off my feet. My family and friends run, escaping from the thunder accompanying my death. I want to yell out to them to beg them not to abandon me. But it is better that they live in my place. While my life escapes out of my shuddering lips, the first creature approaches me and lifts my limp body. I don't know why they do it. I have heard others say that they eat us, that we are their survival, but I know now. Staring into their cold, inescapable eyes, this is not the case not this time. It opens its mouth, revealing horrifying teeth. It sings a chorus of gargle-like noises to the second creature. I know that they do not have to kill us. They do not need to. They just do it for fun. Thank you so much, Fiona, for sharing this tale with us. You know, humans often worry about demons and monsters, but we never really consider how many other creatures on this earth worry about us. Send us your descriptive prose and poetry as we get into the thick of winter.
The holidays are a time for family meals. It's the time of the year where we have a big appetite for all our home-cooked favorites, but beware of the entities that have a big appetite for you. The holidays were always a big deal in the Escobar household because it was a time for festive feasts. Giselle and her younger brother, Paolo, gorged themselves on all the food their grandmother made, despite the story she told about La Pisadera, who would visit them if they fell asleep with their bellies too full. Their grandmother claimed the hag punished gluttons by crawling on their chests at night and feeding off their fear, all while they helplessly watched half awake. Giselle knew their grandmother only told them stories like that to scare them. But as she watched, her skinny younger brother scarfed down a third helping. She couldn't figure out how he could eat so much and still look so frail. You okay? Giselle asked. Paolo shrugged. I'm just tired and very hungry. I had nightmares again last night. That night, in their room, Paolo fell asleep in his bed almost as soon as the lights went out, but Giselle couldn't sleep. She was worried about her too skinny brother and his too big appetite. As she stared at the ceiling, she suddenly heard someone moving through the house. It sounded too slow and deliberate to be one of her relatives. With a slow creak, she heard their bedroom door open. The hairs on her neck stood up, and she felt something coming closer. From the corner of her eye, she saw clawed fingers reaching out. A voice laughed softly, and then someone quickly jumped over Giselle. Paolo, Giselle gasped. When she saw the figure climb on top of her brother, it was a long, slender, haggard, demonic-looking woman with filthy claws. It bent in contortions to perch on Paolo's chest. Paolo, Move, Giselle shouted. And with that, the demon turned to her with a jagged smile. It was La Pisadera. Giselle jumped out of bed and pulled on her brother, but La Pisadera pushed her to the floor. The girl landed on her back and the hag was on her in an instant. Giselle's body became numb. All she could do was watch in paralyzed horror as claws dug into her chest. La Pisadera moved its wretched face close to Giselle's. As Giselle's terror grew, the creature's milky yellow eyes glowed brighter. Eventually, La Pisadera left their room and the two siblings slowly fell back into an unrestful sleep. The next morning, Giselle asked Paolo if he remembered what happened that night. He shook his head while he kept on eating more and more cereal. Giselle was exhausted and very hungry too as she poured herself another bowl of cereal. Something is wrong, their grandmother said as she brought them juice. Giselle looked at her brother and they both began to cry. We ate too much last night, Giselle explained. La Pisadera came, just like you said. Their grandmother snatched their food away and sent them to their room. No more for you today, she said. That night at dinner, Giselle and Paolo were surprised to see the neighbor's kid, Alejandro, at the dinner table. Their grandmother told him he would be staying the night with him. Giselle and Paolo watched as their grandmother filled Alejandro's plate and only gave them half portions. 
They were so hungry, and watching Alejandro feast was agony. The siblings both asked for more food, but their grandmother ignored them as she offered the neighbor his second dessert. That night, both Giselle and Paolo stared at the ceiling of their room, unable to sleep from being so hungry. Meanwhile, Alejandro slept on a cot, snoring happily. Eventually, they heard the laugh of La Pisadera as she crept into their room. The hag leapt onto Giselle's chest and once more tried to feast on the girl's fear. After a moment, it hissed its disappointment and jumped onto Paolo, but found no sustenance. It sniffed the air and smiled as its eyes landed on the snoring Alejandro. Soon, the neighbor was half awake and paralyzed as the demon hag fed. That morning, a very tired and hungry Alejandro left their home complaining of nightmares. As their grandmother prepared them a sensible breakfast, Giselle and Paolo had many questions for her. She explained that an all-encompassing evil like La Pisadera cannot truly be defeated, only passed on to someone else. Those that overindulged before sleep were in fact ringing the dinner bell for the evil entity. And now that they knew the truth of it, to always be wary of gorging themselves on food, especially if you are someone else's guest. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Lenderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Marquia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Lenderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.